Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Hey, Prairie Heiders, it is good to see you today. My name is Beth, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. And over this last week, friends, we had six neighborhood parties happening throughout all of our cities and our entire community. And we had over 500 people show up. How fun is that? Incredible. Incredible. At one of the parties, we, uh, there was a group of us parents and our kids who uh, they quickly, when we arrived, they all ran towards each other, got into the, the field, and they started throwing a football around. And as they were throwing the football and they were playing an a organic game of football, there was a, another parent who was coming up with their child and you could tell that the parent was kind of slowly approaching and kind of hesitant. You could tell like unsure of like how to ask, can my son play with the kids out in the field? And as the parent slowly approached and, and the kid was coming from behind, the young kid just went sprinting past the parent out into the field. And within seconds, the other kids out there started throwing him the ball and within minutes, then they're all playing football. And isn't it interesting, right? It's so much easier at times for kids to make friends than it is for adults. Because adults, we have these things that we're thinking about, like how, how do I ask if I can be included? How do I invite people into my life? And we get maybe anxious about that. And you know, regardless if you are someone who's more extroverted and you love to meet new people, I can relate. My favorite thing to do is to meet new people. And you feel like one of your strengths is helping people feel at ease. If you're that way, or maybe you're wired differently and you begin to panic when you get in front of other people and like, what do I say? Like regardless of how you might be wired, the truth is, friends, as we become adults, it becomes harder and harder and harder to make new friends and to continue in last, lasting relationships. Why is it so hard? Well, sociologists have identified that the, ingredient, the ingredients that need to be in place for us to make friends organically, and here's what they are. Continuous, unplanned interaction and shared vulnerability. But as we become adults, we have less and less environments where those ingredients are at play. Adults in the room. How much continuous, unplanned time do you have? Yet, even though that's our reality, we are tricked into believing that we should just be able to make friends organically. It should just happen. It doesn't happen like it used to happen out on the playground when you'd all just go play the things that you all love together. And so why does that matter? Why does that matter to today? Here's why it matters, it's because we have to plan, friends. We have to be intentional to engage continually with friends. We're in week number three, it's the final week of our series, Defense, and we're gonna be challenged to take down the fences 
in our lives and let other people in. That's what we've been doing over the last three weeks. Is saying, what would it look like if we allowed people into our lives a little more? If we broke down some of the fences in our lives. And so week number one, we determined that it is not good to be alone and that God in fact designed us and made us for relationships, for community, for human connection. Last week I talked about the very early believers, the early church. We, we looked at scripture from the book of Acts and we got inspired again of the commission that Jesus calls us to. And we talked about the truth of the matter that friends, we can, we can come and go. We can stand up and sit down for an hour a week. That can be church to you. But the kind of church that Jesus cast vision for was a church of people that really sat in, that leaned in. And because of the way that they leaned in, in their relationship with Jesus and their relationship with one another, they showed the world and it stood out to the world. They were an example to the world. And today what we're gonna talk about is we're gonna talk about building lasting relationships in your life. Building lasting relationships in your life. So before we get into that, I wanna first identify what are some of the fences, what are some of the things that might stop us from these lasting relationships? And maybe you can relate with this. Maybe for you it just feels like too much time and energy and effort to make sure that you're either meeting new people or that you're invested in your current relationship so that you can have a long lasting relationship. Hey, I get it. With two kids, younger kids, elementary school and a toddler, and my uh, husband, Kyle, he's a farmer. And with my schedule, it's like we have very little margin, very little space. Do you wanna know what I did the other day? I called my college best friend and her and I have been friends for years and over the last couple months, we haven't, I would say the last couple of years, we haven't really been that intentional. It's kind of like every six months when we pick up the phone, we kind of connect and a few text messages here and there, but I decided I wanna be more intentional with that relationship. You wanna know what we did? We put it on our calendar. We've been best friends for years. And we said, we're important enough to each other. Here's the time and space that we're gonna call each other. <laughs> every week or every other week. So I get it, I get it. Maybe for you, one of the fences that's in your life is maybe you've had experiences where your friendships have looked like they want more from you than they want for you. And so you're nervous about being taken advantage of in a friendship. And, and maybe there was a circumstance where you told yourself, I'm never doing that again. I'm never gonna let anybody do that to me again. And so you just keep people away. You keep them at arm's length and you don't allow them in. Uh, maybe for you, maybe you're in a season or, or maybe this is just something, if you're real honest with yourself, you spend a lot of time on social media. And as you do, you're, in, you're engaged to some level of people's lives. You know what vacations they went on, you're liking their posts, you're commenting, but you're missing out on a heart level connection. And so why should today's message matter to you? Like this whole idea and this whole topic around building lasting relationships, like why should it matter to you? 
I got three simple reasons why you should get uncomfortable and take down some fences in your life, why you should schedule time with people that you care about, that you wanna build lasting relationships with, why our church family should continue to get better at building thriving, long-lasting relationships with one another so we can be an example to the world. I got three reasons why, and I might toss in a fourth if I'm getting a little dicey. You guys ready? I got three, maybe four. Number one, studies show, and I could give you 20 of them. I've done the research, and I'll save you the time and the energy. You'll live longer. Do you wanna live longer? You wanna live longer? All right, build lasting relationships. Honestly, that is one of the number one ways that we live longer is when we are connected on a human level with other people. Number two, we are in a mental health crisis. There's no doubt about it. And there are a lot of potential solutions to that. But if you wanna feel less anxious, if you wanna feel a little less depressed, and that isn't the sole answer. There are other ways clinically that you can get help if you are navigating those waters. But I want you to know one of the primary ways is to be connected to people, to be intimately connected to people, to have other people who will sit in the anxiety with you, to have other people who will sit in it with you when you are hurting, to be deeply connected in relationship with other people. Number three, we've talked about loneliness over the last two weeks and how loneliness, not just social isolation, but like we could be in a room this size and feel really lonely. You know what the opposite of loneliness is? Connection, building long lasting relationships with people. So those are three real reasons and I'm gonna get dicey, here's number four. How are we supposed to help other people know who Jesus is if we can't be deeply connected to one another in such a way that when we mess up, we can forgive each other? That when one of us has a bad day, we can make our relationship right and that we can be an example to the world what it looks like to live in heavenly relationship here on earth with Jesus at the center. So it matters. It matters, friends, to our lives. And so let's dig in. And where we're gonna dig in today, we're gonna look at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. And he wrote this letter, uh, it's in the New Testament, and he wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus. The book is called Ephesians. And when he wrote this letter, a lot of times when he wrote a lot of the letters in the New Testament, he was in prison, and he wrote to a lot of different people in a lot of different communities. The book of Ephesians, he wrote to the church in Ephesus. And the, the city, the ancient city of Ephesus, this was a, a very populous city back in that time. And what was so important about it, it was near a waterway, which meant it was a major trade route. It was one of the most important cities in Western Asia. Today, it's, it's in Turkey. So to give you context of where this is, and Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus and he was, he was letting them know how important it is that they stay rooted in their faith with Jesus and how important it was that their lives and their relationships mattered. And he gave them instructions. 
He said, this is how you should live and this is how you should love one another. If you've been at Prairie Heights for uh, any extension of time over the last several months, we are in a two-year vision called Stand. And where that rooted from is Ephesians 3, and there was a prayer that Paul prayed. And it's Ephesians 3, about verses 14, 15, 16, all the way through 21. And at the end of that prayer, Paul says something. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, God's power at work within us, to him be the glory for all generations forever and ever, amen. And so in this letter, that's what Paul was praying right before what we're gonna talk about today. He prayed for the people of the church of Ephesus. And what I want us to hear today, friends, is this is a letter to our church. This is a letter to the Prairie Heights church family that comes from God. And this is a letter of how we should treat one another, how we should love one another, how we should live life together in small groups, in community on Sunday, in community Monday through Saturday, as people who belong to the family of God out in our community. And so like I said, as I read this, I want you to think through the lens of this being a direct message for you in your life and us as a church family. And let's discover how to build lasting relationships. Ephesians 4, one through three, it says this. Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. If you were here last week, we talked about the commission that Jesus sends us on as followers of Jesus, that we are to be sent to go and to make disciples of all nations, helping them to know and to follow through and act on the commands that Jesus gave. And so the calling that we have as followers of Jesus is to tell the world about Jesus. So the way we live out our faith matters because who wants to listen? I'm going slowly and I'll explain that for a second, in a second. Who wants to listen to a hypocrite? Now at the same time, there are times where our life doesn't match up with God's word and then we have to repent and we have to ask for forgiveness. But this matters, friends, this matters. Verse number two, it says, be completely humble and gentle. Be humble. What does that mean in relationships? It means it doesn't matter if you're right and I'm wrong or I'm right and you're wrong. Humility means I'm in it. I'm willing to lay down my stuff so we can be deeply connected. Be gentle, be patient. Patience means when a relationship goes south that we're willing to make it right, give grace, bearing with one another in love. And through that, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity. What would it look like, friends, for us to make every effort to keep the unity? Uh, there's a well-known author and speaker, maybe you've heard of him, his name is Bob Goff. And he wrote the book, 
love does, everybody always, dream big. And he's a lawyer and he started his own law firm. And as he got it going, he also felt called by God to go into different countries and to help school age kids have a school. And so he built these schools and he began doing that for months on end. And so he tells this story in a very Bob Goff way. He just kind of chuckles and he says, every Thursday I quit something. So he explains, I, I called up my whole leadership team and I said, meet me in the boardroom on this Thursday. And he hadn't been in the office, he said, for months. Like for months, he had not been at his law firm. And he says, meet me in the boardroom on Thursday. He shows up and he says hi to everybody. And then he hands over the keys to one of his, uh, one of his, uh, one of his people on his team. And he said, here, I'm quitting the law firm, it's yours. And he gave it to him. The law firm he built, he just gave it to him. And then here's what he said, one of the quotes that he says from one of his books, he says, loving people means caring without an agenda. As soon as we have an agenda, it's not love anymore. It's acting like you care to get someone to do what you want or what you think God wants them to do. Do less of that and people will see a lot less of you and more of Jesus. So I think that's a spot, friends, that we can ask ourselves in every relationship, even when it comes to like our church family. Hey, are we bringing an agenda to the table? Is there something that we just want our way? Are we getting stuck in like personal preference? Or are we okay being unified under one spirit? Are we okay being unified in our relationship that some of the details don't matter as much? Are we willing to drop our agenda and love one another? Love one another really well. See, because lasting relationships are, number one, others-centered, not self-centered. It's meeting other people where they're at. God is so good at this. I'm so thankful. I feel like I could tell you story after story of how God's met me where, I, where I'm at. He didn't give me too much too fast. He was kind and gentle. He was patient. He is patient. And I would love, and I don't always get this right, for sure. I would love to live that out. What would it look like if our entire church family Live that out. Let's keep going. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. What word did you see over and over again? One. One. It puts it in perspective. It maybe lets us take a deep breath a little bit. Maybe the only thing you agree on right now in your marriage is that you both love Jesus. I want you to know that might be enough. <laughs> that will be enough to get you through what you're going through. How deep is your walk with Jesus in your friendships? One. 
as a church family, friends, if we aren't united under the one, we will divide. Division will take over. As I was studying, um, there's a word, a Greek word for spirit. It's pneuma. Pneuma. That's the, the Greek word for spirit in verse four. And here's what it means. It also, it means spirit and it means breath. And a human body, right, can't live without breath. Friends, our church body can't live without one spirit, one Holy Spirit that will align us, that will unify us, that will help us come together. See, in a church body, Christ is the head and all the people are the body. Christ is the head and we are the body. So our goal as everybody here is to align with Christ. It's to align with Christ. See, lasting relationships, number two, are focused on unity. Focused on unity. Let's keep reading Ephesians 4, 14. It says, then, what'll happen if we live this way? What will happen if we love each other the way Paul is casting a vision for us to love one another? Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. See, a lot of times, friends, when we are uh, when we're new to Jesus or even before we walk in, in step with Jesus, there's like this infancy. I look back at my journey and I can see it so clearly that there's this like, I don't, we, we don't know enough yet about God's word and God's truth. And so we're listening to all these other people and all these other voices, hoping that someone's just gonna tell us how to, how to do this I wanna say right, but how to walk with Jesus when it's all grounded and rooted right there in God's word. And as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we get grounded in his word. We get committed to God's word and we live out that truth. Friends, we don't pick our own truth. We live in the truth of what's written in the Bible and we love each other deeply through that. And when we can get grounded when we can get rooted, when we can become committed to God's word, we no longer get tossed back and forth by this opinion or this or that. We get more rooted in our walk. See, our words should be honest. Friends, as we mature, honesty and integrity begin to be the forefront of our life. Our actions should reflect Jesus's Integrity, see lasting relationships are number three, committed to God's word. Lasting relationships are committed to God's word. It is possible for you to have a friendship where maybe everything's been going really good and then you, you hit conflict, you hit a disagreement. And maybe for some of you, maybe your reaction to that in a friendship is just to withdraw and walk away. It's possible in a friendship, friends, to bring the Bible in, 
bring God's word into a friendship and say, I'm committed to this friendship because I'm committed to Jesus. And so we're gonna work this out. Let's look at God's word and see what he has to say so he can help us. It's possible. It's possible. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, Paul encourages last. He says, instead, instead of being tossed back and forth like an infant, instead of uh, succumbing to the doubts that Satan would put in our mind, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, speaking the truth in love, it's not always easy. It sure isn't convenient or pleasant. Have you ever had someone come to you and say, hey, we gotta have an honest conversation and I gotta tell you some things. Speaking the truth in love, when your heart is rooted in Jesus, lasting relationships can happen if you speak with love. If you speak with love. If you speak with a whole lot of pride and ego and judgment and blame, none of that is gonna build a lasting relationship. And so I wanna tell you a, a quick story. We've got groups that happen all year long and uh, if you're here in person, you would have been greeted by Travis. You see him regularly out in the parking lot as one of our greeters. And sadly, uh, over the last year, Travis lost his mom to cancer. And he was part of, is part of a girl group here at Prairie Heights. And Travis and his brother, had to fly back to Alaska and they had to take care of a lot of things that they've never known how to take care of when it comes to losing somebody in your life. And so they had to take care of her house together as brothers. There was just a lot more that came with just the loss, like a lot of responsibility. So maybe you've been there and you can relate and you know how hard that is. Maybe you haven't been there and you recognize like that would be hard. Very difficult. Um, when I sat down with Travis and his wife several months ago, one of the things Travis said is, I was so thankful that I had a group. And he goes, I remember one day texting Jeremy, my group leader, and saying, hey, I'm not gonna be at group for the next several weeks because I'm headed back to Alaska. And as they got talking, then the next thing that Travis said is, he said, I was just kind of contacting him to let him know, like, I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> and he said, Every week after that, I received prayer after prayer after prayer and text message after text message after text messages from my group. And he said, it kept me together. Here's what Jeremy had to say as Travis's group leader. Jeremy said, when Travis was going through all of that, it was hard for any of us to have words to ease his pain. But we also understood that words aren't what he needed and we were not here to heal his pain. Friends, Part of us making lasting relationships work is just being with one another in the reality of our life. It's not fixing one another. We don't need fixing. And that's what I hear Jeremy say is like, he didn't need to heal his pain. He said he needed prayer. It was so great to ask questions about his mom and to get to know her through his eyes. 
It was encouraging to know that our group gave Travis a space to share about his mom and also show his true emotions. And then Jeremy said, if we truly are following Jesus and living like him, we not only need to provide spaces for people to grieve, but we need to grieve alongside them in those times of pain. I love that. Such a good example of living out what we want for people in long-lasting relationships. That it's not just about showing up every once in a while or once a week, that groups are meant to build long-lasting relationships where you can be in it with people. See, lasting relationships are four, number four, grounded in love. They're grounded in love. And love looks like others-centered, not self-centered. Love looks like just showing up and being there for one another. So we're gonna walk through those four again. How can we build lasting relationships with others? Remember that it's others-focused, not self-centered, that we're focused on unity, that we're committed to God's word, and that we're grounded in love, that we're grounded in love. And as we kind of end this series that we call defense, where we wanted people to let down the fences and let people in, I wanna recap again. Week one, we, we talked about, God said it is not good for Adam to be alone. It is not good, friends, for us to be alone. We are made for community. And when we don't have it, when we don't have it, we are not full. We are not living fully the walk that Jesus would have for us. And then last week we talked about the early church and how committed they were. And if they weren't as committed as they were to carry out the commission that Jesus had for them, we wouldn't be here today. And they had such passion and conviction to tell the whole world about Jesus. So what would it look like if you and I mirrored that passion and conviction and we had some urgency around helping other people come to know Jesus? And today we talked about lasting relationships and what it actually requires to have lasting relationships. That it requires a whole lot of love, a whole lot of commitment. And you might have to schedule it and you might have to get uncomfortable and you might have to let people in but friends, here's the thing. Uh, you could take something from each one of these weeks for sure. But in order to actually live this out, you first must have a relationship with Jesus. Like you've gotta know Jesus personally. That's one of the biggest fences that you can let down in your life is to say, Jesus, I don't have my life figured out. I don't. I come with a lot of stuff. And I don't really know where to go from here, but Jesus, will you help me? Jesus, I'm willing to let you into my heart. I don't have any of the answers. <laughs> I don't know what that means next, but Jesus, I need you. Because the truth is we can't 
be committed to relationship the way God invites us to without first a relationship with Jesus. We can't live out the vision that he had for the early church, for followers of Jesus without a relationship with Jesus. We cannot have the kind of lasting relationships that God invites us to have where there is love and forgiveness and there's patience and there's unity without a relationship with Jesus. And so today I wanna be really intentional. I wanna invite you to invite Jesus into your life. I wanna invite you to break down the fence. And I know many of you, maybe you grew up like going to church a lot and you know a lot about God, but you've never truly invited him in to place your faith and your trust in him. So I wanna explain what that means. What that simply means is that you believe that Jesus died on a cross, that you believe he was the son of God and that you believe that when he died on the cross, he rose again three days later and he's now seated with our heavenly father. And that when we commit our life to him, that the Holy Spirit comes into our life and we are guided by the best advocate in the whole world, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, who has the same power and the same authority as Jesus. And so I just wanna invite you, I'm gonna invite everyone to close your eyes. And I just wanna invite you right now in the quietness of your heart to make a decision. And I wanna invite you, if you've never made the decision to commit your life to Jesus, I wanna invite you to do that today. And so would you throw your hand up in the air if that's a decision you know you need to make today, that you wanna invite Jesus into your heart. No one's looking. Go ahead and raise your hand by saying that Jesus is the Son of God, that he lived here on this earth as fully God and fully human and that he died a brutal death to cover all of our sin so that we could have grace and a pathway to right relationship with our heavenly Father. And when he did that, he gave us access. He is our hero and our rescuer and you are committing to place your faith and trust in him. Go ahead and raise your hand if that's you today. Raise your hand if that's you today. You can put your hands down. Jesus, I pray for every single human heart right now that you would meet every person exactly where they're at, that God, you would help each person to know where is it, God, that you might be stirring for all of us to take action, for each of us to take action in this area of building lasting relationships with one another, lasting relationships with others to be a reflection of you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this special time that we've had to gather and to praise you and to thank you and to be taught by your word how to live. I pray all these things and so much more of what might be going on in each person's lives. You get all the credit and all the glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe 
share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.